Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Yo, welcome Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking about how to make offers to landowners. This is one of my favorite topics. I love doing this. This is part of a seven or eight part video audio series where I've taken some videos I did with my good friend Jerry Norton over at Flipping Mastery TV. Go go subscribe to his YouTube channel right now. He does amazing content on there. He's the real deal. We actually went and spent a bunch of time driving around in his golf cart looking at a bunch of deals he's actually doing in Puerto Rico. This guy's not afraid of anything. <laughs> it was crazy. Like I would be so intimidated trying to do deals in a in a I know it's not another country, but like it is very different. And he's out there building new construction, rehabbing, building hotels. Like, man, that's awesome. Love it. So anyway, a great time with Jerry. This part five video, we talk about how to make offers. And it was one of my favorite subjects to talk about. And we talk about in here something that's really cool. I want to give you for free right now. It's called joeslandkit.com. It's my land flippers toolkit. And there's a bunch of really free resources in there. My direct mail swipe file my land wholesale contract, my land option contract, my seller script, my due diligence checklist, helper tool thing that I have to navigating and talking to realtors, and a software that helps you calculate, evaluate land deals and tell you what to offer. It's crazy and it's amazing. And it's free. You can get it at joeslandkit.com, J-O-E-S landkit.com. So in this video, we're talking about making offers. I talk about some of the tools that we use that systemizes this part of the business. And we really spent a lot of time talking on how to talk to sellers, how to have how to have a simple conversation, asking questions, how to a simple formula to overcome objections. And we talk about role playing and practicing, how to improve your sales skills, and the importance of a real we gave a really simple formula in this video that I guarantee will give you success in this business. And it's talking to five sellers a day. Talking to five sellers a day, sending offers to every seller you talk to, and then reinvesting your profits into more marketing. So really critical and important that you not just listen to what we're talking about, but take it to heart, implement it, and actually do it, right? So land flipping, listen, I love the strategy. I still love houses. I love real estate, but land flipping right now, I find is the easiest way to make money in real estate, in my opinion. This really simplifies the business. It eliminates a lot of the hard, weird stuff that I don't like doing. You probably don't either. And this is, when you learn this stuff, you can easily scale and make your business more and more profitable. So enjoy this audio from the video series that we did. I think I got with three more. Jerry is releasing these once a week on his YouTube channel. Go check it out, flippingmastery.com and get the free land kit, joeslandkit.com and enjoy this podcast. See you guys soon. This is really a simple business, especially when you get somebody who's already done houses and they oh. look at how to do land. They're like, oh my God. So they're like, wait, you just eliminated like a whole bunch of work. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, welcome to video five here in the Masterclass series. Joe, this is really awesome. It's been a lot of fun. I've learned a ton and you've gotten me so fired up. You know, I've, I've done land for quite a while and doing land and lots has been, you know, a regular part of my business. But the way that you've, I've learned from you on how to really systematize it and make it a real legit business and all of the tools you're using, it's just been really fascinating. And I'm just super excited about it. Like I, I'm going to tell my team, watch the Masterclass series with Joe, because we're going to start doing land in bulk, right? In volume, because you can scale this really well. And so thank you again for all of your expertise, being willing to share and give. 
Joe gives away a really cool free toolkit. His goal is to make this toolkit better than my house toolkit. I think you've done it, Joe. It's really amazing. <laughs> you guys got a comment. Give some comments yeah. down below. Who's the real flipping genius? I'm just That's kidding. right. Joe is. No. Yeah, leave a comment and say, Joe, you're a flipping genius. But really, I have a it's called the quick, it's called myquickstartkit.com if you want to get it. But it's all like, you know, how to get a deal with houses. But Joe put together something similar where he's grabbed some of the best resources to really help you be successful at land flipping and put them all in like one big download. So it's really awesome. Again, link in the description. We'll, we'll, we've been talking a little bit about it throughout the series. So Joe, in this video, we're gonna really focus on the scripts. You know, this is a part that, I know you know this in the education space, when you're new in the business, uh, it's very intimidating for some people. If you don't come from a sales background, at least, it's very intimidating to get on the phone and talk to seller. What if they say something or ask a question I don't know, and I look stupid or they reject me? How do I handle all of that? And so let's go through that now and talk about your scripts. Scripts, super important, right? Because when somebody's new in the business, I get it. Sometimes it's easy for us to forget what it was like when we were first starting. I forget all the time because it's so natural now. Right. And you get better with practice. That's the thing, right? It it just takes practice. But I I do kind of remember being nervous and putting it off and kept on putting it off. Like, I'll call them later. I'll call them later. But here's the fastest way to a check, okay? It's real simple. Talk to five sellers a day. That is the fastest way. Just like we talked about before, you make five offers a day, guarantee you do a deal in a, in a month. Yeah. I can almost guarantee the same thing with talking to sellers. If you talk to five sellers a day or five realtors, three sellers, two realtors a day, you're going to get better. You're going to get learn the little nuances and you're going to learn how to listen better and you're going to learn how to ask questions. And overcome objections. Yeah. And, and I overcome objections by just asking questions. Yeah. And so it's important to have a script. But at the same time, I, I tell people, don't like read it word for word mm-hmm. like a robot. Just be conversational. Just talk to them and ask them questions. And when it comes to talking to sellers, I like to pretend I'm the reluctant buyer, mm-hmm. right? I put it in my mind that I got a million dollars burning a hole in my pocket and I need to spend it somewhere. And I'm the reluctant buyer. So Mr. Seller, Mr. Realtor, tell me, why should I buy your house? Yeah. And when you're in that mode, all you're doing is just asking questions and it's really, really natural, right? It's like, so tell me about the property. Mm-hmm. And I got a script and we can review it in a minute here, but like, I just asking questions, getting some feedback back and forth. Usually within five minutes, I know whether they are kind of, I got a, a general idea of how motivated they are. Mm-hmm. Do they need to sell or just want to sell? It's a big difference. And I can tell like if there's some, if I've got a good chance of doing a deal today. So the worst thing that happens to newbies, I think, is they spend all day and they've talked to three sellers mm-hmm. and they're just exhausted. They've talked to each seller maybe for 30 minutes to an hour. They've built great rapport only to find out 45 minutes later, there's no equity, they're not motivated, <laughs> and they're miles apart on price or whatever. Yeah. So like, I want to get to the brass tacks as quick as possible without being rude, but just asking questions. Yeah. And pretending, you know, that, that I keep on liking to pretend I'm things in my, my, when I'm <laughs> getting prepped, because I still don't like talking to sellers. Who yeah. likes being on the phone talking to strangers, right? Yeah. But I'll <laughs> pretend sometimes like, this sounds weird, but like I'm a doctor. And I'm, I'm, so I'm asking this, so I'm talking to them, I'm trying to find out what's wrong. Mm. And I'm not pitching or selling anything. If, You're just doing a diagnosis. <laughs> just a yeah, diagnosis. Tell me what's going on. Do you really need to sell this property today? What's more important to you, Mr. Seller, to get the highest price possible or to sell it as quickly as possible? So having a script of just questions is really good to have. Yeah. Um, because it helps just cut down the amount of time 
that it takes to find if the seller's motivated or not. You know, and I like a couple things you said. Uh, like if you get my scripts, because I have scripts for everything, because I just, you know, I people love that and it gives them a starting place. But I tell people, you know, the scripts that I give away for free and that I share with people, they're like my scripts based on mm-hmm. my style, my personality, what I find works for me. But I think you take those scripts and your scripts are no different. Take those scripts and I think you role play them. Yeah. Uh, and do it live with sellers, but then modify. You know, you're going to do things and say things a little bit differently than I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then as you go through the reps, you're going to kind of get your style down, mm-hmm. you know, and that's important because you want to be natural. It, it needs to be you. Sellers are going to feel if you're nervous or reluctant or that's going to come through. So you yeah. want to you want to make sure that you're coming with your best energy to that call. Yeah. I, I had one student one time, his name is Clark. I'll never forget. This is a long, long time ago. Chuck, his name was Chuck. And he um, always was nervous about talking on the phone. And then he started doing marketing and started getting a lot of leads. And because he was nervous, what do people do when they're nervous? They talk and they blabber oh, yeah, yeah. on and on and on. And he'd be exhausted at the end of the day. Again, he'd talk to three sellers all day <laughs> and spent three, four hours on the phone. And so I told him, I said, listen, just uh, again, pretend. Pretend you're going into the store. I call you, you're on the phone, you're like in your car or whatever. You got an appointment or you're getting ready to walk in somewhere and you just be asking more questions like, hey, great. So this is what he started to do. He said in assess to the seller, hey, I, uh, I got your voicemail. I'm calling you back. I'm getting ready to walk into a meeting real quick. Do you mind if I just ask you some questions about your property to see if it would be something I'd be interested in? And then I'll get, some, I'll get the information. Let me do a little digging and I'll call you back with an offer. Would that be okay? I only got a few minutes. And so he's, he's setting the agenda yeah. up front with the seller. Taking control of the conversation. Taking control, saying, can I ask you some questions? Can I see if this is a good property that I might want to make an offer on that I might be interested in? And now it's just, okay, so what kind of property is it? Good. What's the address? Good. How long have you had it on the market? You know, you know how long have you been trying to sell it? Sounds like a nice property. Why don't you just list it with a realtor? Why don't you just mm. find another tenant, rent it out? Why don't you just, why do you even want to sell it, right? So he's just asking questions. At the end, three minutes later, it's like, okay, great. I got some information now. Let me just look it over and I'll send you an offer. Would that be cool? So it's very easy yeah. to do it. I, mean, right? you know, I love that. Uh, I'm, I'm friends with um, RJ Bates. I don't know if you know RJ. I heard the nail. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. Um, good guy. Yeah. He's got a fascinating approach, very similar to his calls with sellers, where his average call is like four minutes and he immediately gets to the price. Mm. Whereas most people are so reluctant, we go through this half an hour process before we get to price. And I asked him, I said, why do you get to price so fast? And he said, you know, if you think about it, this is, we're the only industry where we're, we're calling somebody about them selling us their property. Well, it's kind of weird, right? Like yeah, yeah. normally you call and you're selling something. Mm-hmm. Well, we're the buyer. We call to buy, not to sell. So he says, I just get right to it. I say, hey, you know what? We're looking for property to buy in this neighborhood. We've got a list here of people that we think might potentially want to sell, wondering if that's you. And if it is, do you want to sell your property and do you have a price in mind? And it's like right out of the gate. That's, it's, I love it. And he says, I find out right away if they're even interested, then I'm going to qualify and find motivation and ask the questions about how old the roof is and all the things. Yeah. Still got to do all the things, uh-huh. but he, he does not spend 30 minutes just to find out that they're not even interested in selling or the price they want is way too high. Like he gets that right out of the way. And I think I really resonate a lot with that. One of my favorite questions is after I've talked to the seller and gotten some details about it, I say, what do we need to do to make this happen? What do we need to do yeah. to make this happen today? Yeah. And if they don't give me a price, 
you know, I might say, well, what kind of range are you looking for? What right. will make you happy? Well, one of my favorites is, uh, I don't know if this is in my script or not. I don't think it is. But one of my favorite questions is, if they won't give me a number and I'm trying to get to that number, I'm like, well, if I were to offer you $5,000, what would you say then? <laughs> and they blow up. Oh, that's ridiculous. I say, well, good thing I didn't offer 5000 Yeah, that right? would be embarrassing. That yeah. would be embarrassing. <laughs> so what do we need to do to get you closer to that number? Right? So now I've thrown out the first number, but it's really, really low. I'm trying to get the seller to give me their number. Yeah. But then I love that. And you kind of interject some comedy in there. Like, you know, I know this is really going to make you mad, but yeah. what if I were to offer, because you won't tell me what you want. What if I were to offer you 5K? And they get upset. But I'll, I'll say all the time, um, like if they won't, because you got to remember, you want them to give you the price because he who names the price first loses, right? And some sellers know this, so they don't want to give a price either. Yeah. And when, when you're in that stalemate where they just won't give you a number, then what I'll say is I'll say, okay, I, I've got a number here in mind, but you know, are you sitting down? I'm, I'm actually kind of embarrassed. Yeah. I, I'll do this with agents. I'll be like, man, because agents will be like, what's your, what's your number? What's your number? And I'll say, man, I'm kind of embarrassed to say. Yeah. And all that's doing is it's, it's, it's kind of like breaking the ice. It's lessening the blow. It's kind of downplaying it a little bit. It's yeah. prepping them for, here comes a low offer. It yeah. just helps so much. I'll say, are you sitting down? And they'll laugh. Yeah, I'm sitting down. Okay. It's five grand. Yeah. You know, and then they're, and then, then you get the real response, you know, like, oh, well, you know, they might entertain that, or I don't think they'll entertain that. Okay. Well, you put it in front of them. You know, I'm talking about an agent right now, but yeah. But yeah. And then my other offer after that, if after they get, you know, mad, well, what if I could offer more with seller finance? There you go. There's your second pitch, seller finance. Yeah. So I got a simple script. Let's see it. Can we just go through here? Yeah. Let's pull Um, this up. You guys can get this again at the land kit. Okay. I'm at the the land kit in the in the comment descriptions, but I I always like to ask questions. If you were to listen to any of my calls, and I put some of them on my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. then I I just ask in the, in a five minute call, I'm trying to ask like twenty to thirty questions. Okay, because again, it's whoever can ask the most questions stays in control and 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 wins. Hey, but I'm getting back to you about that vacant lot that you have available. Is this still available? I always say this. It sounds like it caught you in the middle of something, and I don't know why. I learned that from a mutual friend of ours way way back. And it's called negative phrasing. Mm. When you say when you say things in the negative, they don't know who you are and they will tend to disagree with everything you say. So when you say it in the negative, they t- actually are agreeing with you. And they'll say, no, 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 I'm fine. This is, I'm, I'm okay now, right? So I'm getting their permission. Hey, I got your voicemail. Or I'm just calling you back or something. I'm looking to buy some vacant land in the area nearby. Do you mind if I ask you some questions to see if this is a property I'd be interested? I'm asking them for their permission, but I, I'm still asking the questions. Um, and then I say, I'm trying to set the agenda. You know, after our call is done, it's just be a few minutes when I ask you some questions and I'll do some research and send you an offer. Is that okay? Right. Sometimes depending on how the conversation's going, I want to give them permission to tell me no. Mm. Right. I want to give them permission to say, listen, if this doesn't work for you, please, please just tell me no and we'll still be friends. Is and you're right? not asking them to give you a price at this point? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. So I say, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm setting the agenda. Then I'll send you an offer. Is that cool? Or my my agents, I'll make I'll just make you an offer here on the phone. So then I get some information about the property and for land, I want to know you know what county is in, what size is it? Are there any utilities? Sometimes I know there are no utilities, but I'll ask it anyway mm-hmm. because that might help them in their mind realize their property's not worth as much. If I'm looking at a satellite view and I see there's a junkyard in the back or there's railroad tracks, I might say something like. Well, tell me about what is there, you know, I'm sure you got a beautiful view from your backyard, right? Like what's it like out there? And then knowing that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. 
Or if I know it's it's near some wetlands or maybe it's in a flood zone or something like that. And you sometimes see that in some areas more often. I might say it's not in a floodplain or anything like that, is it? Mm-hmm. Knowing that it is, but I want, I'm trying to get that out of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is it currently listed with a realtor? I'm always asking that, right? If not, well, if it is, I want to know because I'll make my offer through the realtor or whatever. Um, I always ask, do you have any other lots that you're looking to sell? Mm. And is there anything else about the property I need to know? So then I kind of, I got some facts about the property. I like to go then into questions to kind of determine their motivation, right? Do you ask if there's, if it's buildable? Like, can you, is it zoned for like zoning ever or not really? No, because a lot of times they just don't know. Okay. Um, And I can tell from the county records if I go in and look at it. But I love this one. Sounds like a nice property. Sounds like a nice area. Why why do you even want to sell it? And they sometimes will say, I I don't know. I mean, you just called me. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. So I'm I'm trying to measure or gauge their motivation level on a one to 10. Do you ask what's the property being used for right now? That's Um, a question. In different ways. Yeah. Earlier on. But is that helpful? I mean, that's kind of helpful because then you'll know what they bought it for. Why'd you buy it? You know, then I go into like, sometimes they bought it for going out with their family and camping. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's, Husband deceased, bought it 30 years ago, and- um, Just been in the family forever. Yeah, we just yeah. want to get rid of it. Well, okay, then I ask them, why do you even want to sell it? What's Do you need to sell it now? As soon as possible, it's more important to you getting the high price or to sell as quick as possible. You're not in a hurry to sell the property, right? I mean, like you've got lots of time. For houses, this is easier because there's a mortgage payment on there, right? Yeah. And they're making, if it's a vacant house, I say, well, I'm sure you've got lots of time. You don't need to sell this quickly, right? When were you hoping to be able to sell it? Why don't you just list it with a realtor? What do you think the property's worth? And then how did you arrive at that number? If they give you a number, I want to know how they got from to that number. Yeah. Sometimes it's harder with land because it's just, it is, it's harder to complement. Might be what they paid for it or, right. you know, who knows. And then I always, when, if I do get a number from them, I'm always asking, do you think that's a fair price for this crazy market? Yeah. And so, sometimes I do this a lot more with realtors because the realtor is trying to justify their high price, they knowing that it's not. But I say, listen, I'm looking for an agent to help me buy this and then sell it. And I pay 10% commissions. What price, if you were to help me buy this and then resell it, what price would you need to list it for mm. to sell it quickly within like 30, 60 days? That'll get you the real number. Oh, then then they're thinking, oh yeah, well, shoot, I can't list it for 20 because obviously it hasn't sold yet <laughs> six months for 20. So the agent will tell me, well, you, honestly, if you're going to sell this thing, and I always get the realtor to chuckle when I ask this, Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, we'd probably need to list it around, if it was 20, we'll probably need to list it around 15 or something like that. Yeah. So is this a fair price? Sometimes I'll even ask the seller who wants 20 for it. I ask them, would you pay 20 grand for this property? And you get kind of a feel for that. All right. Then it goes into, you got a price from them maybe, or you said, well, if I were to offer you 5,000, what would you do? What would you think? And then if they get mad, you say, well, good thing I didn't offer that. Right. Mm -hmm. So- and then I get down to like, if I can pay you cash, close quickly, you don't have to worry about closing costs or commissions if it's not listed. Uh, what would be the best price you would consider? And it's the standard, everybody sees this script after that. You say, oh, long pause, <laughs> act, you act disappointed. Mm. Oh, you hear the sigh. You know, is, is that the best you can do? Yeah, is that the lowest you can is go? the lowest you can go? And I, you can do that a couple of times. Yeah. I've even done something where I, the seller says the lowest I'd take is 10. And I'll ask the seller, Listen, if I brought a suitcase full of cash of like $7,000, if I brought you $7,000 right now in the cash in a briefcase, are you telling me you wouldn't take it? And they'll say, well, maybe, you know. So it's funny to me how beginning investors are afraid to ask that. And I get it, but it's so important because almost every single time 
when you ask them, is that the lowest you could go? If I can make you an offer and close in seven days, would you take something five grand less? It's amazing how much they'll actually drop down and say yes. Okay. So then when I get kind of a number, even though if it's a good number, I still want to maybe ask some questions about creative financing, buy it with seller financing. So let me ask you another question. Are you making any income from the property right now? Obviously. Would no. you like to? And I'm saying things like the, uh, I could, what if I could get you a higher number? Or what if I could get you that number that you're wanting right there? You wouldn't consider maybe selling with payments over time, would you? That, that wouldn't work. When I was doing a lot of lease options, I would say, well, Harold, this will work for you, but what if I could rent your house for about a year and then buy it from you? What would you want to do then? And that just kind of brings in another way. What if I could pay you, what if I could make you payments over time for this property and then buy? What would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you might have to explain that on how it works. Like, I'm just going to pay you your price with payments over time. Which is a really easy way to understand creative financing. Yeah. Without, without like, that's not complicated at all. No. I'm going to make you payments over time. You can be the bay. Yeah. Right. Or what if I, I love these questions. What if you wouldn't then be interested in that? Would you, or what if I could do this? What would you want to do then? I ask that all the time. What if I, yeah. Going back to cash run things, I like to say is uh, like, let's say they, they showed that they weren't like they had 30 days to close or whatever, as I'll say, you know, what kind of discount could you give me if I could close in 15 days and have, and then I'll put the number net in your pocket of $50,000. Would that change anything? Would, would, would you give me a, an even bigger discount? And sometimes people will give you a pretty big, because they're now they're thinking I could be cashing a check in two weeks. Yes, that's great. I love that. I, one of my favorite questions is what would it take to make this happen today? One of my rules is we're in business to make money today. Yeah. Not tomorrow. We're in business to make money today. So if they're not motivated, if they're playing hard, I pull away. I'm mm-hmm. constantly pulling away. I'm never trying to chase them. Uh, when I was doing a lot of lease options, you, it's easy to get into this trap of trying to sell the lease option concept to them and explain all the benefits of, and you know they don't have to worry about this and that. You know, but the minute you are selling them on the, your thing, you've already lost. It's just game over. For yeah, about it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, what I'll do is I like the takeaway approach. So I'll say straight to the seller, you know, I'm probably not the best buyer for you. And then immediately they're like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean you're not the best buyer? Why not? Yeah. You know, and it kind of puts, it kind of takes it away from like, you're this desperate person trying to buy a house. Put It's more like, no, you tell me why I should buy your property, not I want to buy your property so bad I'm desperate. Yeah, that's really- It's a really different way of looking at it by dis, by doing a takeaway. Yeah. So let's talk about objections real quick. Objections always come up. You know, like, why would I want to um, take payments over time? Why can't you just close now? Or, I mean, there's a lot of them. Why, why is your price so low? I just try to follow a real simple thing, three-step thing. I call them my name, I agree with them, and I turn it around with a question. I answer mm-hmm. it with a question. Okay. So if they say, why, did, why, do you make, why can't you just pay me now? Why do you want to make payments over time? I'll say, Jim, that's a great question. Let me ask you, why did you ask? That's one way to say it. We're going back to houses here, but if the, you know, what if something happens to the property or the tenant trashes my home or something like that? So I can ask the seller, well, that's a great question, Jim. I can understand that you wouldn't want somebody trashing your house, but what if I could show you a way where you don't have to worry about that anymore? What would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to agree with them, let them know it's a valid concern, of course, but then ask them a question. Sometimes the easiest thing to do is if they say, why is your price so low? Jim, that's a great question. So you're asking, why is the price so low? I'm just restating <laughs> yeah. that objection back yeah. to them. 
So I'm trying to like dig for more information is what I'm trying to do. On the creative finance one, when they were like, well, why, why, why can't you just pay right now? Why do you have to make payments? My response oftentimes is they'll say, well, I certainly can. We can pay cash and close really fast, but access to that cash is very expensive because, yeah. you know, cash in the market right now wants a really good deal because it's, it's cash, you know? So we can certainly pay cash for your property. That's the number I told you at first, which is, you know, and it's yeah. way lower. If you'd prefer cash, let's go cash. Totally. I'm, I'm all with you. But the reason why I'm offering this other option is because I can get it closer to the price you want. Yeah. If you're willing to wait to get some or all of your well, money. What if you said, Jim, that's a great question. What if I could get you a better price? What would you want to do then? Right. Perfect. Okay. Well, that. that's a great objection. What if I could get you the higher price? Could we do a deal today? Mm-hmm. So it's, you're not telling them you'll give them, but it's, again, you, you're coming back to, can we do a deal today by just asking the questions? Right? Yeah. Because, you know, I used to make this mistake when I was doing a lot of lease options on houses. Like they would say, well, what if the tenant trashes the property? And I'd say, well, we have, that's why we get homeowner's insurance, right? Yeah. And, and uh, that's why, you know, if the house burns down, then we've got insurance that covers it. And in their mind, they're just thinking nail holes in the wall, right? And now you're bringing up, well, the house- A bigger objection. <laughs> so sometimes when we start talking, blabbering too yeah. much, we bring up more objections in their mind. So my thing is the harder you chase them, the faster they'll run. And so it takes time. It takes practice with yeah. these things, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, sometimes the best, the best thing is like, Jim, that's a great question. Honestly, I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, let me go find out what, and I can get back to you, but why did you ask that? Has this happened to you before? Yeah. Um, why is that a concern to you now? Or if I could, that's a great question. I'll find the answer. I don't know the answer off the top of my head, but if I could, if I gave you a good satisfactory answer to whatever the subjection is, could we do a deal today? Would that work? So just kind of trying to, Flip the yeah, script a little it's bit. It's kind of like saying, you know, you tell me what's important to you. I'm just here to help. You know, I want to structure a deal that makes sense for me, makes sense for you. What would you like to see? What's the, what's the most important thing for you? How is this a win-win for, for you and for me? Yeah. Help me understand what you're, because you're bringing up a concern. So help me understand what, what the issue is or what you would like to see. Yeah. You know? And it's just opening up that dialogue, really trying to dig in and find out and just having a conversation. A lot of this is just asking why and help me understand where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, that's mostly sales, right? That comes from practice. Yeah. So if you made it a goal to talk to five sellers a day, you'll get better. You'll get better. Some people time. are natural, naturally gifted with it. Yeah. But I would like to, I also would, I don't have one with me, but if you had a little hourglass, like a little mm-hmm. uh, timer thing, every time you talk to a seller, get a five minute timer or something like that and turn it over. And you should be, you should know within five minutes, whether it's a yeah. good deal or not. And you don't, these don't have to be long lengthy conversations. I agree. Yeah, because the longer you're on the phone with a lead that's not going anywhere, that's that's it's a lost opportunity. Right. Here's the other important thing. No matter how the conversation goes, send them an offer anyway, right? My big thing is I have some simple rules. Always talk to five sellers a day. Number two, send an offer to every seller you talk to. Send them an offer anyway. Even written if you're more verbal or how written. written. Especially with land. Well, we get a lot of our deals. This is crazy. We'll send them an offer and we send them the same offer every 30 days. As your follow-up. As follow-up. After you've done the work to analyze it and know your buy number, yeah. why not just keep putting that in front of them? Yeah. Send them the same offer over and over and yeah. over again. Maybe month four or five, you could send them just a letter, send them a postcard. So rule number one, talk to five sellers a day. Rule number two, make an offer to every single seller you talk to. Written. I like to send them in the physical mail because an email gets lost, text message gets blocked. You know, sometimes... 
you know, you're nervous and you can't make an offer over the phone, right? So just send it to them in the mail. Mm -hmm. And then third rule, I think, is follow up with every single offer every 30 days. Every 30 days, send another, and it's a written offer that you'll send them? I love written in my calculator. I'll give them, everybody, the offer we actually send with the cover letter. Awesome. The contract attached. That's in your toolkit. Yeah. Guys, it's free. Link in the description. Do you, on those 30 days, do you sometimes do call to or just send the follow-up offer? It depends on the lead, okay. right? So like I'm making notes. If it's a warmer lead, I might call them every couple of weeks at first and then once a month after, but I'm still going to send something in the mail because this, like, this is what nobody else is doing. Right. Totally. I like to tell people on your follow-ups, you know, you can text follow-up, you can email follow-up, uh, or you can call follow-up. Always, if you call an agent or a seller, you know, it's going to be the most effective way because you're on the phone again and mm -hmm. you can build rapport all over again, all the things, right? But just don't not follow up, right? Like, yeah. it, should I text? Should I email? I don't know. Do something, but follow up. Yeah, yeah. And just know that if you have the ability, if you've got maybe cold callers or a team that can, that can do live call, that's going to be really great. If you can't and all you can do is text and you can build a text platform around your follow-up, do that. Do what you can and understand the effectiveness of the things you do. Well, you know, like I, I tell people all the time, and this is houses, but if you can, if you can do a, a, a pay-per-click, you know, Google, Google ads or Facebook ads, that has the highest conversion of pretty much all marketing for houses, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive, but it works really well. Well, what if you can't afford doing PPC and you want to do text blasting? Well, text blasting is super cheap, less effective for PPC, but way cheaper. So you just, everything's trade-offs in life. Yeah. Marketing's no different. Direct mail's going to cost you more probably than texting or probably even cold calling, but it's probably more effective. Yeah. So, so when it, do what you can and build your business. Yeah. With the, and the, with the more leads you get, the worst thing you can do is like never follow up with them. You spend all that money and time and resources on getting that lead and get them on the phone, talk to them, but follow up every 30 days. And I like doing what my competition's not doing, right? Nobody is sending them offers in the mail. Mm -mm. Nobody's following up in the mail. Nobody's following up, period. But what no if one's you... making an offer when they said no. Yeah. Still making an offer. I'm telling you, I've done so many deals. The seller says, no, I thought we were miles apart. Yeah. No means not yet. That's all no means is not yet. I'm going to follow. Not right now. No means not right now. No. <laughs> Tomorrow, <laughs> maybe. But I'm going to follow up with them until they either die or they sell their house or their yeah. lot to somebody else, yeah. right? There's so much money left on the table by investors. Let me ask you this, Joe. What do you recommend for people with uh, reinvesting profits into marketing? Man, when you're getting started, reinvest at least half of your profit okay. into marketing. Okay. 100%. You know, because you guys catch that? Yeah. I've sometimes said 25 minimum, but I agree. I think if you can re so when you do a deal, let's say you do a deal, make six grand. Man, if if you can take three thousand out of that six you just made of your profits and reinvest that back into your marketing budget, and when I say reinvest it on top of whatever budget you had before, so now every deal you're doing, yeah. you're growing your marketing. There's no faster way to scale the business than to reinvest profits back into your marketing budget. Oh, that's that's it's the fastest way to scale. It's the fastest way to go. To wrap up this video, maybe on sales, talking to sellers. Um, there's some books that I really like oh, that have helped me a lot. And never split the difference. You wrote another book I'm in the middle of right now. It's really good. Um, mm. Flip the Script. Really? I haven't or, heard of that Oren, Oland, Oland Craft, I think is his name. I should know this. But the same guy who wrote Never Split the Difference yeah. wrote another book called Flip the Script. Okay. It just kind of goes deeper into that the, the stuff there. Another great book, Go for No. And another one that I've liked a lot was um, 
You can never, you can't teach a kid how to ride a bike mm. in a seminar. You ever heard of this? Yeah. It's the, it's been years since I've read it. I need to refresh it, but it's uh, from the Sandler Sales Institute. Yeah. The other thing is I like finding, you can go to YouTube and do a search for, there's a lot of these crazy realtors that do a lot of cold calling. And you'll see, you'll find videos in there on YouTube of people doing cold calling mm -hmm. and training on sales on the phone. And it's good just to listen to them and see yeah. what they're doing and how they're doing. Now more real estate investors are doing RJ Bates has a ton of videos out there on this. Yeah, I've got videos that have hundreds of thousands of views and it's just an hour of me on the phone they're, making offers. Here I, am, making offers. here I am giving examples of other people's <laughs> videos and you're the you're the OG of that. You've yeah. got all kinds of amazing videos there, but I don't know why people like them. You know, every one of those calls is different. They're unique. But I think what it does is it it just uh, people can see, you know, how I respond to things, the questions I ask, how I take information and then use that information to build on my offer, yeah. right? Structure my presentation. And so I think it's more than anything, it just helps people gain confidence in that process. There's a, a video I did with one of my original sales mentors. His name is Quad Diamond. And um, we did a cold call together and it's on YouTube. If mm -hmm. you do a search for Joe McCall, Claude Diamond, cold call. Mm -hmm. I was overweight, you know, was, I looked like a dork, but you can see <laughs> in this video and just, it's just five minutes. Now it's there forever from, from now on for everybody to see dorky Joe McCall. Oh but. man, but to listen to this guy. <laughs> but the content's amazing. <laughs> in five minutes, go from just having a number, no name, anything to getting the guy to say yes to at least purchasing. That's fine, right? So yeah, my point is get some training, listen to Jerry's cold calls, the calls that he's making to realtors, to sellers. You'll find a bunch of these videos on YouTube mm -hmm. and then practice, you know, practice with your spouse, practice with a friend and just role play. We do that all the time on yeah. workshops and stuff. And, uh, and then very powerful role play. Just talk to five sellers a day. That is probably one of the fastest ways to money. Yeah. If you're not on the phone, you're not making money. Love it. Guys, that's the roadmap. I mean, Joe really laid it out well on this video and we use some concrete ways to find these sellers. I mean, guys, so far we're going to do some more videos in the series, but we've covered, you know, how you pick a market, where to go to find the action, where the deals are happening, drilled all the way down into county and zip codes, where to find the cash buyers, the, the places to go to find these cash buyers, to understand where they buy, how they buy, why they're legit buyers, how active they are. Now where to get the sellers? How do we go to the sellers? Understand where they're at. Yep. How to then talk to those sellers yep. to make offers. So I think, tell me, Joe, on the next video, should we cover how to then analyze to know yep. what price to offer and maybe even how to present that offer with a, because you got to get a contract, right? Maybe we can cover, maybe that's two videos, I don't know. But, but I think that's kind of the next step is, okay, now what do I offer? Yep. How do I get to an offer price? And we'll uh, maybe one after that on how to sell the deals. My favorite ways to sell deals this is really a simple business. We're, we're diving kind of deep into this mm -hmm. stuff. But I think when, especially when you get somebody who's already done houses and they oh look at how to do land, they're like, oh my gosh. They're like, wait, you just eliminated like a whole bunch of work. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun, man. I, I love doing deals. I love helping people yeah. do deals. I, I hope these videos have been helpful for you guys. Please yeah. leave a comment, guys. Yeah. And, and first of all, thank Joe. He spent all this time. He flew out here to Puerto Rico to do this series. I mean, he's sacrificing a lot to give this to you for free and put his toolkit together. Remember guys, Joe put a really cool free resource. It's an entire kit of all the things you need to get your first deal, hopefully in the next 30 days, as little as 30 days, right? If you do the work. <laughs> and so that's available as well. So leave a comment, say, Joe, you're a flipping genius and, and thank him for being willing to just give so much in this series.
And let us know in the comments. Thank you, man. I, uh, let us know in the comments who has the better kit. <laughs> so he's got his toolkit. You should go get it. And I have mine. I just I, I want to make mine yeah. better than his. That's yeah. All. We might have to do like a survey on this and see what the actual results are. Sounds like yours is pretty amazing though. So, all right, guys, awesome. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the next video.